Welcome or welcome back to Curiously Scientific. This is a podcast where every month our co-host Ashita interviews a STEM organization out there making a difference. And then my co-host Frank and I talk about an intriguing topic in science. And then our third episode of the month with Inika is usually some new discovery in science. So today we're going to be talking about summer solstice, the science behind climate change, and wildfires. So Frank, how is your summer vacation going so far? Well, my summer vacation has been doing very well. It has gotten, you know, a bit hotter than usual, but that's, you know, later in the episode because right because what I want to discuss right now is mainly, you know, about like just me planning for university. I mean, that's just I'm just trying to fill in, you know, um feeling what I'm trying to say because right now it's just university, just plan for university. I'm an incoming freshman. That's that's mainly what I do, prepare for orientation, find the dorms, you know, the, the usual. Like when look, when you get into college, you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. That sounds very exciting. Um, congratulations you. on getting in and I hope you have fun. Um, yeah, my summer's been pretty um, boring, I'd like to say. It's kind of just been the same thing as when school was extracurriculars and stuff, except now I don't have homework. Um, but yeah, something exciting that's coming up is the summer solstice. So do you want to explain what that is, Frank? Uh, sure. Why, thank you. So let me explain about the summer solstice. So in the two moments during the year when the path of the sun in the sky is furthest, you know, north in the northern hemisphere, which is usually like July 20th or 21st, or the further south within the summer hemisphere, which is July, I mean, December 21st or 22nd. And for now, we're just going to be discussing on, you know, the summer solstice, which is when the sun is at its high zenith during, you know, uh, fires aren't, you know, high in the sky, which is, like I said earlier, June 20th or the 21st. And during the summer solstice, the sun travels the longest path through the sky, and that day, therefore, has the most longest day length that it has so far throughout the entire year. And according to the astronomical definition of the seasons, the summer solstice also marks the beginning of summer, which lasts until the autumnal equinox, which is around September uh, September 22nd or 23rd in Northern Hemisphere, or March 20th or, or 21st in the summer in the southern hemisphere. The day has also been celebrated in many cultures. For example, in Scandinavia, the holiday of Midsummer's Eve is observed on a weekend near the time of the solstice. Solstices occur because Earth's axis of rotation is tilted about 23.4 degrees relative to the Earth's orbit around the sun. This tilt drives our planet's seasons as the northern and southern hemispheres get unequal amounts of sunlight over the course of a year and earth is not the only like let me put this way believe it or not the earth is not the only planet within our solar system that has solstices and equinoxes any planet with a tilted rotational axis would see them too and as well in fact planetary scientists use solstices and equinoxes to define seasons for other planets within our solar system it's also quite worth noting though that other planet seasons don't 
um, are not as equivalent to you know the Earth's climate as they are to us for a few reasons. First, planets vary in their axial tilts. Venus's axis of rotation is tilted by just three degrees. So there's much less seasonal difference between the um, summer in Venus and the solstice and the winter solstice than those on Earth. In addition, planets such as Mars have less circular orbits than Earth's, which means that their distances from the sun vary much more dramatically than ours does, with correspondingly bigger effects on seasonal temperature. And though the purpose of the Edmatic English structure Stonehenge remains unknown, this 5,000-year-old monument has a famously special relationship with the solstices. For example, on the summer solstice, the complex's heel stone, which stands outside of the Stonehenge main circle, lines up with the rising sun. Yeah, that's very, that was a lot of great information. Um, when I was re researching as well, I found um, similar to the Stonehenge in Egypt, the Great Pyramids at Giza um, appear to be aligned to the sun as well. So when you view, uh, when you see the view from the Sphinx, the sun sets between the pyramids of Khufu and Khafre during the summer solstice, even though it's kind of, it's unclear how the Egyptians made it this way, but it's cool that they thought about this kind of stuff. Um, and just as you mentioned, the culture in Scandinavia, there's a lot of other cultures that celebrate the summer solstice. It's a very important event and a very exciting one as well. Um, talking about um, history, uh, recently we've seen a lot of temperature changes and it's gotten a lot hotter. For example, a couple of days ago where I live, it was 108 degrees, which is higher than it's ever been at least for the time being that I've lived here. And so while I was kind of studying this topic for the podcast, I was I came across this article that talked about, um, about climate change. And it said, if as climate changes, should the seasons change as well? Because um, climate change has like messed up the traditional concept of the four seasons. And so as the planet is warming up, the tropics have been expanding 0.1 or 0.2 degrees of latitude every decade. So every, so all the places that have, that used to have like four seasons now have just two. And um, the regions that even still have four seasons, the weather and temperature patterns are altered. Do you wanna talk more about that? Why, thank you. And let me put this way on where I'm from, you see, we mainly have around like um, two seasons. There is um, the wet season and then there's the dry season. The dry season may, I remember it occurring usually sometime around, um, around you know, like um, the winter and spring and the dry season around the summer and the fall. And usually, you know, the, even though things can get very hot within the dry season, within the wet season, you know, usually brings rain and it helps regulate things. However, what's going on because of climate change is that during the wet season, there isn't barely any rainfall at all, which is very concerning because now there's talks about how there's now a bit of a drought where I'm from. And this is a very concerning drought because we base, not only do you see there's a lack of water, but now there's a lack of control about the fires. Because the thing about, the thing about climate change is that 
One of them is that it's not just always about the rising sea levels. No, no, that's just one of them. What actually happens along with that is also, you know, the, how do I put this? Oh yeah, raging wildfires and increasing temperatures, which do lead to the wildfires and devastating effects that wildfires can have such as, you know, like destroying homes, they could possibly, you know, have to make the land uninhabitable for those nearby. It also affects the air quality. It mainly does a lot of messed up stuff along with the rising heat. I mean, sure, it's not as bad as say like 108. I mean, mine is usually like around like, like around the 80s or 90s, though the humidity does make it a bit hotter than usual. But still, what we're seeing right now is just the pinnacle of climate change. And even then, if we don't do, if there's not much action taking place, then there's still be worse to come. Because although 1.2 degrees is doesn't seem high enough, what would happen is that with each one degree, like with which increase, then that would mean to things like more fires, you know, rising, more sea levels rising, more hurricanes, more natural disasters, more drought. Well, basically, it would make the planet more and more inhospitable to human life, and not just human life, but also general life in general which is kind of seeing why it's important to acknowledge the, rea the sheer reality of climate change and how much we need action for this issue, especially in the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's scary. And um, even in the United States, we're seeing such major changes, even though we're kind of, as a country, protected from everything else. Um, it's unimaginable what's going on in third world countries. And um, in the past few months in, of 2017, some statistics show that Eastern US cities were um, had startling summer-like temperatures in February, which is typically a month, uh, uh, a rather pleasant month with many um, temperatures re reaching all time records. And so um, climate change included seasonal creep coupled with the warming trend. Um, kind of makes people question whether the four seasons might eventually just end completely. And some scientists don't see that happening, but they think that the definition of the seasons might definitely change. Um, you know, we'll still have winter, summer, spring, and fall in the middle latitudes, but the timing might be different and summer might be the longest season completely because of um, how high the temperatures are. And so I live in California, and so this time is kind of the middle of wildfire season, as we call it. And so, you know, you hear fire truck sirens every two minutes, and it's, it's a very scary time for a lot of people, especially those living in the hills. And so, Frank, do you want to explain why, you know, climate change is causing wildfires? I know you talked about it a little bit in your um, climate change part. Yeah. Why, uh, why thank you. So let me explain about, you know, like, so let me explain about how wildfires, you know, um, get created, you know, overall. So what we're seeing, you see, with climate change, as I see what thing about climate change is that, look, the thing is that there's going to be is that I live in California as well. And you see, the thing about California is that we are a semi arid climate. However, this is our part of year, you know, like the, you know, like um, the wet season, which is, you know, when they usually provide like moisture. Winter's usually like a bunch of rain, which helps, you know, regulate. However, it helps um, regulate the ecosystem. However, the problem is that because, you know, we're lately in a period of drought, 
because of the fact that there's less, you know, water, it's causing, you know, the local plant life to become, how do I put this, more and more dry. They become drier and drier. And the problem is, is that when they get too dry, let's just say it causes them more likely to catch on fire, especially when it comes to, you know, like heavy winds. Because if you remember about how fire is created, fire, you know, mainly caused by a combination of things, you know, like oxygen, you know, mainly things like a source of carbon, you, you get the idea of how fire is created after all. And so what we're seeing is that how these different plants, you know, are we cut of different factors things that, you know, they, are ha they don't have much moisture with them, which means they help cannot help them regulate the fire. The fact that there's more, you know, like we also have a bunch of winds that if it gets windy, it can, you know, cause a bit of a spark, which can allow, you know, them to naturally catch fire. And the thing is that there's not much, you know, hyperness like natural defenses to at least stop these fires because especially as it gets more drier and drier and the thing is that let me put this way is that even though the summer months may seem bad that's only just the beginning because typically fire season usually starts around like um october like around the fall season mainly with the arrival of the santa ana winds and so well mount santa ana winds which although they come every year are now becoming more and more worse because due to climate change, these winds when they come are now activating these plants which are now basically very dry and become like proper wildfire fuel. And so these things are just gonna keep spreading and you know, just spread and spread just out of control. In fact, we're already seeing it right now that even though we're not in peak wildfire season that firefighters already are just struggling to control these fires. Like they're trying their best, but the problem is that because of the dry weather, it's going to make it very difficult to put out the fires. And so the thing is that we can't just let them run their course because they'll just destroy everything in their path. And the thing is that we're trying to do everything to contain it, but with very mass difficulty, and it's going to be very difficult, especially within the coming years, which just shows the sheer severity that climate change is just putting within our lives overall, because if there, if not enough action is being done to stop climate change, then one of the local consequences, at least if for those living in California, is that we're going to see a future where we're just going to see just devastating. We're just going to see like endless droughts, just devastating fires overall, and basically poor air quality because of a combination of the current pollution and also within the, you know the fires and causing the smoke, which kind of devastates our air quality. And so the thing is that the truth is that we're not going to be, is that in our future, we're, we're not going to be suffering about being, you know, drowned out by the rising sea levels. No, no, no. We're going to basically suffer by the fact that we're just going to be burned alive to a crisp and that, you know, the state, and also one example to say California will be possibly be deemed inhospitable. That's just how severe the issue is. And it's a bit saddening that we have to, that this is the future that we are forced to live in. Yeah, I, I love what you said about um, the future and how it's probably going to get worse if nothing's been done about it. And especially the youth, we kind of have to, this problem is going to be ours very soon and we're going to be have to be the ones that deal with all of this. And um, so we talked about climate change and how that causes fire in the Santa Ana winds, which are getting worse with climate change. But a lot of wildfires are also started because of people. 
And I think that's kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't want to be rude, but because um, climate change is already making everything so much worse that it's kind of um, really annoying that we have to deal with people as well. So I know 4th of July is a great, great holiday and we should definitely be celebrating it. But I think fireworks, first of all, I'm very against them because I'm a huge animal lover. But um, just, you know, people uh, generating fireworks as part of a gender real party east of Los Angeles caused one of the biggest fires of all time. And the 2018 car fire, which is California's sixth largest fire ever, started when a truck blew out its tire and the rim scraped the pavement and it sent out sparks and it ended up as a huge wildfire. So I think just bad decisions like deciding to have a gender reveal party where things could catch on fire or being around really dry um, plants and doing something that could catch on fire are just bad decisions that I think people can avoid just to make the future perhaps a little bit more bearable than it than it has to be. And I think, yeah, just things like that should should help us because if we can't take big actions, we can at least take small ones. Um, yeah, so that's all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. There will be some articles about climate change and about wildfires and how to avoid them and um, tips on if you live in a area while you're prone to wildfires, how to escape that, those resources as well in our description of Stay Curious. Mm -hmm.